What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about some damn good beef. We brought you damn good beer with Breckenridge Brewery and damn good seltzer with Breckenridge Brewery. Good company seltzer. And now we're delivering you damn good beef with our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. Hassel Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. And isn't that what everyone's looking for? Farm-to-table. And they deliver it straight to your door. Hassel Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the United States of America, straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every person can afford. Hassel Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, of course, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Love the sweet and spicy. And these guys take their registered bulls and breeds with them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones, and they win awards all over the country doing that. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. DNVR10 saves you 10% off your order over at Hassle Cattle Company. And any order over $200, you get free shipping. So why don't you just spend $200, get free shipping, use that magical code DNVR10, get 10% off and get some damn good beef over at HassleCattleCompany.com. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, okay, at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. None for still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, my Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this first day of April. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. They haven't been able, they haven't had to scramble this past year over at MSU Denver Online when everything's gone remote because they've already mastered the art of online learning. And if you want to master your education, make sure to check out our friends over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, happy April Fool's Day. Don't get caught up in any jokes today. Well, it's the one day where I would say this even more so than every day. I mean, you probably should every day uh, verify whatever you hear. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, uh, the, the, I actually thought about doing an April Fool's thing today. Um, I thought about doing a, a full scale uniform reveal. <laughs> saying oh. that, hey, I got my I got my hands on the on the on Broncos new uniforms. And I, I did something similar a few years ago, but really kind of playing it up and uh, but also having if I did this, the uniform would be absolutely ridiculous. Like it would, it would make everybody mad. So <laughs> what, think of the what, worst. What would you think yeah. of? Uh, 
gosh, you'd probably have to uh, ridiculous stripes. I'd say the Broncos have chosen to lean into the side swooshes. Um, (laughs) That uh, uh, they do some different things like they at like, add a like they go Oregon maybe and add like a, a a weird color like carbon or you know that's their kind of their dark silver thing that they use or you know they, they go away from orange but they go away from blue too and they have like a comic sans font for the word mark just everything it would be the worst uh, everything that you call like the worst design element for the Denver Broncos I put it in there <laughs> that you certainly know yes. what's the worst that's for sure you're the ki- you're the master on that uh, oh gee thanks <laughs> <laughs> no you know what's bad that's all i'm saying yeah i know i know i'm kidding i just <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of on the nose on brand to know what's really bad i don't know what's good but i know what's bad <laughs> <laughs> you know what's good too oh. of course mace and we're happy to have you back mace maybe uh maybe we'll have some some people running the four ones today with oh. april fool's day seeing how everything every every 40 time seems to be much faster when it's not in a controlled environment yeah this uh, i think it was at about a a week or so ago where I said I would take every time that I hear and add at least a 10th of a second because yeah. you're, you've got guys in their home environments. And the other thing is that uh, you may, you may have some friendly timekeeping going on with the, uh, with the home environments, but also you're not dealing with equal environments. And the, the thing that you love about the scouting combine year after year is it gets, is it creates a standard. Okay. You can't say fast track, slow track. Everyone's on the same track in Indianapolis. And thus uh, there's an apples to apples comparison. And, and right now, uh, we don't really have that with the guys this year. So everything I would just, I would view everything today, this, this year with a dose of skepticism. That's all. I just say, okay, if a guy, if a guy runs a four, two, eight, I'd say he's probably closer to a, a four, three, eight or four, three, five. If you know, like Kyle Pitts, uh, what was the final time on Kyle Pitts? Four, four. Four, 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 four. I'd say he's probably closer to four, five. Yeah. And that that's would fine. be, that would be right up next to Noah Fant and, and Albert O. And yeah, that's still really fast. Noah Fant was the fastest guy in his class. One year later, Albert O beat him by a hundredth of a second to be the fastest guy in his class. Yeah. Now who knows? Maybe there's some crazy scenario where Kyle Pitts falls in the Broncos hands and we can actually have the three of them running against each other one day at practice. That would be worth watching. Yes, it certainly would be. And Mace, I mean, what what a perfect way to uh, to start this show, saying that take everything with a, a bit of skepticism regarding your news today in terms of what you see on your Twitter timeline with April Fools in terms of 40 times today. And also in terms of mock drafts, because mock drafts are fun, but of course they are certainly not the Bible of what is going to happen. You got to take them with skepticism. They're fun to talk about. And Mel Kuyper just dropped, what is it? His third mock draft. And I believe it's his first two round mock draft. Correct. Todd McShay has, has this up at ESPN.com. Now it's, it's one of those insider things. So you have to have the, uh, 
the ESPN plus uh, subscription basically to, to be able to log in. And this and is, it, is, is a it Todd or Mel's it's Todd's okay, Todd, Todd's Todd's got today. And, uh, one thing that I, that, uh, I think we've all learned in our years podcasting and uh, doing radio and, and for, and for me both is um, when ESPN drops one of these mock drafts, it ends up becoming, if not topic a no lower than topic B for most sports talk radio shows, most podcasts in the country that day, ESPN kind of knows that. And it's like catnip for all of us. The it way we, we react. To it. <laughs> and you know, sometimes they're kind of by the numbers, but this is one of the more interesting mocks that we've seen because I'll, I'll go through it pick by pick. Number one, no surprise, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson going to the Jets, no surprise there. Now, the Niners having trade up, they pick your guy, McCorkle. Oh, Mac Jones. man, I love it. Atlanta stands pat at four and takes Kyle Pitts. Based on what we're starting to learn about the Falcons and how much they like Kyle Pitts, not really a shock there. Mace, wait, really quick on, on yeah. that pick since Ryan and I talked about Kyle Pitts yesterday. Right. Would this be the highest a tight end has ever been drafted? Ooh. Um well, we thought you would know I, the answer or be able to get I quick. believe I believe so. Yeah. Because I want to say the highest I want to say that the uh the highest tight end picked was at five overall. Oh, so, so you just beat him. And who was that? Uh Riley Odoms oh. to the Broncos back in 1972 went number five. There we go. So let's just see. Let's confirm. Let's see if I'm right or wrong. Get it. Go, you know, get out the, the Univac here. We need some like we need some sound effects of like an uh, of like a 1970s <laughs> computer. Running. That was a little space sound. Oh, or uh, that's like you, ever, you never did you ever see this world? Uh, I not really. Okay. Uh, at when they're kind of when they do multiple endings and they they go from one ending to the next. Hey, let's do that over. And they'll go. How about let's do the mega happy ending? <laughs> All right. So let's go here and filter it through tight end. Okay. Yeah. In the common draft. In the common draft. So since 1967, the uh, the highest tight end taken is Riley Odoms in, in the NFL draft. Um, Billy Cannon, who ended up being a tight end, but was a running back coming out, he went at the top of the he went at the top of the draft in 1960. And of course, what happened okay. with Billy Cannon was he ended up signing with the uh, the Houston Oilers, but the Rams took him. But he came out of uh, uh, of LSU as a running back. And uh, if you've ever seen the film Everybody's All American um, from back in nineteen in the late 1980s. Uh, Gavin Gray was in some ways based on the story of, of Billy Cannon, uh, not completely, but there were some elements taken from that, but in, but in the NFL draft in the common draft era, yes, Zach, it is number five. It is Riley Odoms. And also back in 1961, the non-common draft era, Mike Ditka mm. went number five overall to the Chicago bears as a tight end. So yeah. yes, we would be talking about Kyle Pitts being the highest tight end ever drafted it would reflect him being generational yeah it would also reflect the fact that tight ends in terms of their use in the passing game have never been more prominent 
you know, right. Vic, I, I, Vic Fangio mentioned at a press conference a couple weeks back that the fullback is really vanishing from the game. Tight end is going in the exact opposite direction. Fullbacks are going away. Tight ends and third receivers are, are rising up to kind of fill the void. So yeah. it would be appropriate, I think, if we're talking about a tight end going before the fifth pick. I think it's it's probably time for that, especially when we see somebody as talented as as Kyle Pitts. And don't it's not just what he I mean, people are are you know gaga about you know the hand size, the the wingspan, <laughs> but it's not like he doesn't have the film. That exactly. that's the thing. It's the complete package. Yeah, he's got the catcher's mitts for hands. Yeah, he's he's got the wingspan that's unlike anything, almost anything we've ever seen from a receiver or tight end. But he runs really good routes. He can be a good inline blocker when he's asked to be. He generates separation. He makes catches in traffic. He does everything is there on the film. And he and accomplishing it in the rugged SEC, the best, you know, he's going up against the best set of defenders that you're going to see on the college level. He's the real deal. And if the Falcons stand pat, they'd, they'd be wise to take him. Of course, what is interesting is now if the Falcons are really in love with Kyle Pitts and that's their guy, that means the whole notion of trading up and, and trading with a team that isn't willing to trade with the Panthers at eight is out the window and so then it becomes Cincinnati at number five and the Bengals will be open to dealing with anybody. So it becomes a competition. So if the Broncos wanted to move up, this probably throws a wrench in, in the works just a little bit. Yeah. If they're absolutely obsessed with them. So I have to ask you about our pod poll yesterday. Mm. Of course, our pod poll was if Kyle Pitts is available at nine, should the Broncos select him? We had 54% of people say no, but a close pod poll here. Mace, which side do you land on? I mean, you're talking about a generational tight end here. If somehow, and by the way, I don't think he's going to make it to nine because I could absolutely see him going at four. I could see him going at seven. I could see him going at five. So I don't think he's there at nine, but would you take him? I'd take him and I'd tell Pat Shermer, you find a way, you find a way to get two tight ends on the field at all times. Don't give me this three wide receiver stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and, and Ryan said, absolutely. You take him. I said, if there's not a quarterback on the board, right. Then, then you take him. Do, do Let you me make that clear. Yeah. I, I, I would say if there's, if there's not a quarterback on the board that you like, you take him. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll offer this. If Justin Fields is on the board at nine, and Kyle Pitts is there. I'm taking Justin Fields. Okay. Okay. I like. And so, so speaking of Justin Fields, let's continue to go through this mock draft. So let's, number number yeah, four, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Now number five, and this gets interesting. The, the Bengals could go in multiple directions. I think the wisest course of action for the Bengals would be to go offensive tackle. You've got Panay Sewell here, for example. Uh, Rashawn Slater of Northwestern is here, and they have him going for Jamar Chase out of LSU perfectly defensible because then you give Joe Burrow a favored target of his from his Bayou Bengals days. But at yeah. the same time, you can find receivers later in the draft. And if I'm, if I'm Mike Brown, if I'm Zach Taylor, I want to make sure that my investment is protected as much as possible. Right. Especially that, after last year. Right. I would, I would, I, when it comes down to it, I don't expect the Bengals to go pass catcher. I expect them to go. If they stand pat, I expect them to go tackle that 
because the like you know that like we we saw last year they have to have learned the lesson from that correct yeah i would hope number six you so, also but, go, but it is yeah. jamar chase it is jamar chase okay number six another wide receiver quarterback reunion from college miami mm-hmm. of course led by Tua tongo vailoa now which Alabama receiver do you think the Dolphins take in Todd McShay's mock here at number six? My guess is they're going Jalen Waddle. <clears throat> oh, okay. Devontae well, Smith. I think I think that's the right choice there. I just thought that uh, yes. they were going to go with the other guy. Yeah. Okay. I love yeah, it. I fair love to it. Say. And then at number seven, we have a trade. And the Panthers move up one spot, even though Ooh. Detroit probably isn't taking a quarterback. They do it just to probably cut everyone else off. Yep. And Carolina takes Trey Lance at number seven. Okay. So we've had four quarterbacks off the board in the first seven picks. Detroit, Detroit is willing to, I think, I think that let's face it. They're willing to ride Jared Goff for a year and see what happens and then make a decision in the, in going forward. So Detroit picks Jalen Waddle, having traded down number eight. Mm. And so then the Broncos are on the clock at number nine. Juicy. You've, Yes, because you look around and you see Justin Fields is still there. And, you know, I would imagine and I surmise that uh, Mike Shula, for for one, may have been pretty impressed with what he saw with Justin Fields a couple of days ago in Columbus. Mm -hmm. You've got Panay Sewell. If you're looking on the horizon at offensive tackle, Panay Sewell is there, Rashawn Slater is there. So you can get a tackle and maybe you can kick Jawan James to the curb a little bit early if that's what you want to do. And but every defensive guy is on the board as well, every right? Every defensive player. Oof. So every corner is on the board. Micah Parsons is on the board. Although, as we've discussed, I think uh, Parsons is probably unlikely for the Broncos. Yep. That's what I've but heard. It goes back to what we saw in most mock drafts before free agency corner Patrick Sertan, the second out of Alabama is who Todd McShay has mocked to the Broncos at number nine. What? What? Mace, this is not an impossible pick. I can see it happening, but I find it really hard to see this happening at nine. I could see a trade back, whether it's a trade back to 12, whether it's a trade back to 15, whether it's a trade back to 22 and the Broncos grab a corner. And it may not be Sertan if you're going back to 22, but between J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan, I can absolutely see the Broncos picking a corner. It's really hard for me to see it at nine right now. It is me too. And I would say this, if if there is a quarterback still on the board at number nine Mm -hmm. and the Broncos have stood pat to that point, I think the play is trade down. What is interesting, Zach, is that there is a trade up, but you have the Patriots that go up to 11. Spinal tap reference, but also what they do here in this draft. (laughs) So the Patriots go up to the Giants at number 11, and then they take Justin Fields. And if if there are five quarterbacks in the first 12 picks, that matches... 1999's draft in terms of a bunch of quarterbacks early. But if this is a scenario that ends up happening, Zach, I have to think that the Broncos, they're trying to trade. They're either picking Justin Fields or they're trying to trade down. I don't think they stand pat. And let's go through the teams that could move up potentially 
to number nine. Less likely, but Philadelphia from 12 to nine could be in play. The Patriots at 15, of course, they moved up to 11 in this mock draft. Uh, The Patriots would be open for business almost certainly uh, to to try to move up. Um, Washington at number 19, even though the idea of another Ohio State quarterback may give some Bears fans the shakes or or give Washington fans the shakes, pardon me. I'm going to get to the Bears in a second, but that's something to think about. The Bears at number 20. Andy Dalton, I think we all know, is not a long-term answer there in Chicago. And it's interesting that we haven't heard a lot of chatter about the Bears moving up, but it would make a lot of sense for them to, to move up if, if you've got a quarterback sitting there at, at number nine. So you're, you're going to have, I think, some options here mm-hmm. to move down. And I think you'll be able to potentially entice multiple teams in being interested in Justin Fields at number nine, if that, if that is the call. It, yeah, uh, I agree, Zach. If this is how the mock draft, the, the draft falls in reality, if if McShay is on to something, I think you're either picking fields or you're moving down. I don't think we see door number three, which is probably a defensive player. This would kill me, Mace. This would kill all of Broncos country, too. And Patrick Sertan, I think, is a great player, has a chance to be an all-pro. So the player would not yes. be bad. But why this is a bad pick is Mace, you're bringing in Patrick Sertan to be your fourth cornerback this year. Unless you're cutting Bryce Callahan and then who are you moving inside? It's just not a perfect fit. And you're not cutting Kyle Fuller to put Patrick Sertan on the outside. You're not cutting Ronald Darby to put Patrick Sertan on the outside. So he legitimately comes in as the fourth cornerback on a team that desperately needs help in multiple positions. They're five and 11 team right now. Mm -hmm. They need help in places right now. You can't have your first round pick on this team be sitting for a year. You just can't. Now this pick would make a lot of sense in one year from now where probably you don't have either uh, Kyle Fuller or, uh, um, Bryce Callahan back, probably one of those guys has moved on. Then it makes sense. Plug that hole right there. So that doesn't make sense. And then also let's say Patrick Sertan is this great cornerback, which is certainly not a guarantee. Would you rather take a shot at a cornerback? That's going to be your fourth cornerback for this year or a quarterback when you need, need Mm -hmm. the quarterback upgrade. To me, this is so easy. If Justin Fields or heck, you know me, any of the top five quarterbacks are there and you don't have to give up anything in order to jump up in the draft and get them. You don't have to give up a first round pick next year. You don't have to do that. Take that quarterback. It's so easy. Or let's say, you know, they just really don't like Justin Fields then trade back, get a first round pick next year, and then make sure in a great position to trade up next year in order to get a quarterback next year. Yeah. And of course we've seen some stuff that's starting to float out about Justin Fields. You know, you always have, it's always the rumor season. It's always the disinformation season uh, about, uh, you know, kind of his work and all that. Um, I've heard a lot of that. I've heard that it's garbage by the way. So take that as you will, that uh, some of the stuff that's some of the nonsense that's floating out there about Justin Fields is uh is not accurate is as about his desire for the game yes and could that be out there to because a team later maybe the fall maybe and that's why i think you 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 take everything but it's 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 not just that that i've heard that is that it's different that he is not that 
that, that those rumblings do not reflect him. We have some pretty damn dramatic evidence that Justin Fields yeah. has ample desire and will play through almost anything. It's right there on the film. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of we what do. he's willing to go through to play. He is tough as well. nails. It, it, yes. That is just crazy that so, that oh. people are trying to uh, to oh. knock him for that. And again, the only thing that makes sense with that is that they they may they have to be trying to have him drop now. Is that have him drop to four where a team can trade up with the Falcons to get him? Mm-hmm. Is it the Falcons drafting him? Or, you know, maybe the Broncos at nine, a team you said, uh, the uh, Justin Fields going to the Patriots at, you know, a potential trade up or 15. These are the games we see right now. And really, we've entered smokescreen season where you can't believe anything you hear. Yeah, exactly. And and again, it's the April Fool's Day we talk about, you know, being kind of spec having having a little bit of skepticism about what we hear today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I actually it's funny because I just got a we uh, heard my phone going off the ESPN uh, thing and I'm like and it says Roy Williams of uh, North Carolina is retiring. And yep. at first I'm like whoa is that an april fool's joke (laughs) (laughs) no it isn't yeah literally like espn's story is two is two paragraphs because it caught them by surprise wow yeah i mean carolina basketball the official unc account has tweeted it so i would think it's yeah yeah a bad day to announce that though wait yeah yesterday do it tomorrow yeah, sheesh. I thought that I mean <laughs> in my look in my sports world, that's like that's like stunning. That's gonna throw me off track here for about 10 minutes. Oh my yeah, gosh. I'm, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at your tweet and you're throwing a lot of people off track. Some people know what you're talking about because they know your love for UNC, and some people yeah. are like, What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Some <laughs> people I'm, I'm looking at the mention of like, oh, this is <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm gonna clarify now. Here's why I said whoa. <laughs> big news in my little sports world <laughs> there we go <laughs> people probably think uh you know broncos have just traded up to four right now but yeah it seems like i'm surprised at how many people do know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah i mean it, well people know you mace that's impressive your brand oh. is well known oh man gracious well it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wild day isn't it? it's opening day mm-hmm. and Yes, opening day as well, and that is no April Fool's joke. I hope that sitting at nine, the Broncos passing on on, uh, Justin Fields is an April Fool's joke. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. And and again, I'm fine with a trade down, Zach. Mm -hmm. A trade down is perfectly defensible. If Let's say the Patriots are the team that you trade with. From fifth, and if you have the quarterback premium come into play, if the Patriots said, we'll give you a one, next year and that's it yep i would take it even though i don't get the capital this year i would take a one next year plus the obviously the 15 and move down i'd i'd be perfectly fine with that yeah and that that would be a good move if you're not interested in a quarterback this year and if that's the case mace 
I would still advocate for taking Justin Fields, but I would totally understand that move and they would be totally justified for doing that. And heck at 15, you could still have Patrick Sertan there. And what you did was you gambled a tiny bit with a cornerback, which is okay to gamble with cornerbacks to get a first round pick next year. And heck the Patriots may have a good pick next year. If they're rolling with a rookie, they might now they're getting a lot of guys back, but yeah. I would say the thing for the Patriots though if they have a young quarterback and being in the, and they're in the same division, of course, with Buffalo and Josh Allen and what the bills have put together. I think there's a, there's a ceiling for the Patriots this year. And that ceiling would probably be first round of the playoffs. If everything broke right wild card round one and done and roughly I'd say probably about a t- 10 wins. Wouldn't you say 10, maybe 11 on the, on the extreme outside. Yeah. 11 and six with the new schedule. This is really going to take some getting used to 11 and six and going marching out in the first round. You'd probably say that nets you pick uh, 20, like 21 or 22, perhaps. Yeah. It would be somewhere between it would, it, it would be somewhere between uh, pick 24 and pick 19. Right. Right. So, and let's say the Broncos have that type of season, which which I know is something that's very much in play. And I would say is a, one of the more likely scenarios is the Broncos to go, say, nine and eight or ten and seven, get the last seed in the playoffs, do so on the strength of a, of their defense and their wide receivers, but maybe not so much on the strength of Drew Locke. Maybe Drew Locke is, as RK would say, he's the pilot rather than the plane. And you step back at the end of the year and say, okay, he got better, but he isn't where we need him to be. Let's go back into the quarterback market. Kind of like what Buffalo said after going nine and seven back in 2017 and Buffalo, in fact, had traded down in 2017. They were part of the Patrick Mahomes trade up for the chiefs and the bills had a couple of first round picks, but they took their pick that was at 21 Move first moved up to 16, then moved up to seven, and they were able to pick Josh Allen. The Broncos, I think, if they were in a similar scenario, having an extra first rounder in 2022 would help. They may need to do a little more than the Bills did to get high enough to get one of those quarterbacks for next year, just given the premium on the position. And even though I know people are down on the quarterback class for next year, inevitably you'll probably see a couple of guys rise up in addition to my guy, Sam Howell. But it would be something that if you had that extra first round pick, even if your two ones were sitting there in the, in, in the range of 19 to 24, it's doable. You can pull that off. Yeah, you, you can. And that is, if you don't like Justin field, man, man, I would just be, because what you'd be doing with that trade is then just getting enough capital to move right back to where you are at nine right now. So that must mean you really don't like Justin Fields. I personally like Justin Fields enough where I'm making that deal, but what you can't do is just stay Pat and pick, pick Patrick Sertan really any other position, but cornerback, just because of how much you've invested this year. All right, Mace, where does the draft go from there? All right, let's uh, cue this back up here. Um, hang on, I gotta. So the Broncos gotta, get the first defensive player at nine. That that yes, that is impressive. Yeah. Now, would it surprise me if they go defense and go Patrick Sertan? Even with everything they've done at quarterback, it still wouldn't shock me if they made this pick. But 
I just think there are better options here that are, that have better value. So Sertan at nine, JC Horn is cornerback two, number 10. Mm. And then the Patriots go from 15 to 11 for what Todd McShay suggests is quote in the ballpark of a third rounder this year and either a second or third rounder in 2022. So let's say going to nine is a little bit more. And that's why I say, all right, let's talk about it being a one next year rather than multiple day two picks uh, this year and next year. I think, I think the, I think, and also competition could be in play and the Broncos could be in a position to say, well, we have this other offer on the horn here. So let's think, you know, anyway, the Patriots go fields at 11. Micah Parsons to Philadelphia at number 12. Panay Sewell to the Chargers at 13. Zach, if Sewell drops to the Chargers at 13, this draft went exactly as they hoped it would. Yeah. Because they, kind of like we talked about with the Bengals and Joe Burrow, although they haven't been through the catastrophic injury for their young quarterback, the focus for the chargers needs to be protecting the investment, protecting the franchise. And right now the franchise is Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be a great draft for them so far. Yep. 14 Rashawn Slater, the other, the net offensive tackle two on most boards going to the Vikings 15 with the giants trading down. They picked Jeremiah Owusu Koromora. You know, Zach, I like him. I just don't know if I like him that high because He's not really a linebacker. He's probably going to end up as a safety. But I think at first there's going to be teams trying to figure out how do we use JOK? And that might limit his role in year one, kind of like Isaiah Simmons last year. And, uh, and I don't, and, and JOK isn't in Isaiah Simmons class as a player overall. Yeah. And that that's, that's again, my problem with really the inside linebacker class. When you talk about it for the Broncos this year, JOK isn't a true inside linebacker. Uh, Zayvon Collins is an outside guy and Micah Parsons is probably best suited on the outside as well. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a weird year. Uh, I think, I think the best play on off ball linebackers to wait to day two. Yeah, I would agree. See, 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 and, and see how that goes. And, be willing to go for a high upside guy who might not be ready right away. <clears throat> Chester. <clears throat> <laughs> we know who your guy is. Yes. You go to 16, Elijah Vera Tucker guard out of SC going to Miami who trades up with the Arizona Cardinals. Trevon Morig safety from TCU going to the Raiders at 17. Caleb Farley falls all the way to 18. Mm. And that's good value for Arizona. Having traded down in this, in this mock draft. Um, he's falling because of the recent uh, back surgery that he had. Right. But I think you'd be pretty happy if there if you were there 18. And frankly, Zach, seeing the draft board fall that way is yet another reason why the Broncos, if this is how it goes at and at nine, Fields is on the board. If they don't take Fields, they ought to be amenable to trading down because they should be able to get one of these three corners at 15. Maybe it's a it's a stretch to say 19 or 20. But if they traded with the Patriots, I think that you're going to you're going to have one of Horn, Sertan, Farley sitting there if you want to go a corner in round 1. And heck, you don't need to force Jay or or uh um 
Farley on the field this year. You wouldn't mm-hmm. have to do that because you already have your guys. So this would make so much sense. If you can trade down and get a first round pick out of it and still get Caleb Farley, man, that's a good deal right there. Again, assuming there's no quarterback on the board. Right. And then, so we kind of, we go on from there. I left off at number 19, uh, Christian Darris saw another tackle out of Virginia tech going to Washington, uh, back to receivers, Kadarius, Tony going to the bears at number 20, Quiddy pay going to the Colts at 21, another corner. So we have a run on corners from pick nine to pick 22. Yeah. Greg Newsom out of Northwestern goes 22 of the Titans would not surprise me at all to pick corner. Same pick corner jets at 23, take Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Najee mm-hmm. Harris going at 24 to the Steelers. I know I talked about the potential availability of cornerback in the, um, at 15, if the Broncos traded down, but I would not at all be surprised, Zach, if the Broncos trade down with the Patriots and trade to 15, if Najee Harris is the pick right then and there, that's going to probably drive the running back draft value people crazy, but I'm just putting it out there that that wouldn't surprise me. Oh oh, man, that would be big time. And according to this draft, the Broncos could trade down to 22 and still get him. right now. If you love a guy, do you? Is there a point where you say, "Okay, we don't want to trade down anymore; we want to get him"? Absolutely. Now, and, and remember the and remember the other uh, thing, of course, that is in play. Uh, we we haven't really talked a lot about the uh, the two North Carolina North Carolina running backs uh, that worked out this week, but Curtis Modkins was was right there uh, in Chapel Hill this week watching Javante Williams and watching Michael Carter work. And of course, Michael Carter, I saw down at the the senior bowl as well. And so you're trying to read tea leaves into where, to where the Broncos have representation and where they're going. And I think it was pretty significant that Curtis Mockins was in Chapel Hill this week, watching both of those two guys firsthand. It is. And those guys are, are they both day two guys? Uh, Yes, they are. And uh, Javante Williams actually goes off this board at uh, number 35. Okay. Uh, Michael Carter, I think, is more of a round three type of guy. Okay. So, yeah, the Broncos could go there. And clearly, they're not going there in this mock draft. Right. Now, let's go down here. And, uh, you know, we're going to fast forward to to where the Broncos pick in round number two. And they go edge rusher. They go for Joe Tryon, edge rusher out of the University of, of Washington. And it's interesting to see how this second round stacks up because you know one of you, know, you, you hear safety thrown around a lot for the Broncos as you get into day two. Uh, yeah. Richie Grant in particular is somebody that uh, I get that I get the indication the Broncos like an awful lot. He's the safety out of Central Florida, and he actually doesn't go off the board in Mel Kiper or pardon me, Todd McShay. I knew I was going to do that. Yeah. Todd McShay's mock draft today, so. Grant maybe is somebody you think, okay, could he be available in, in the third round? Perhaps uh, Joe, Joe Tryon is somebody who he sat out last year because of, because of COVID COVID concerns. Um, ha- a pretty good pass rusher, although didn't not really a, a finisher in the way that you, at the, that you, that you wanted him to be not, you know, not a high sack total finished with uh, eight sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss, 41, 41 total stops, but a pretty, a pretty solid guy. And at 262 pounds, uh, somebody who kind of fits the bigger, 
size template that not quite a, at a Bradley Chubb level, and he doesn't right. have the same size and speed blend that that Bradley Chubb does. But he does have that he does have pass rush ability, and and you don't have to have an edge rusher ready to go. Now I would in, in year one because you have Von Miller because you because you have Bradley Chubb, and of course you have Malik Reed. Now, if the Broncos go edge, this is another interesting thing to think about, Zach. If the Broncos go edge early in this draft, then that probably means that they're saying goodbye to Von Miller after this year. And I think that's actually pretty interesting because Mm -hmm. if they decide to go cost controlled quarterback, like if they go, if they go quarterback this year, like if they picked, uh, if they pick Justin Fields in round one, then I think edge rusher might drop a little bit on the priority list because if you have a cost-controlled quarterback drink, <laughs> you have the ability to re-sign Von Miller a year from now. Yeah. And you can say, we're going to spend heavily on edge. We're going to get Bradley Chubb to a long-term deal off of this fifth-year option. You can say, we're going to bring back Von Miller. He wants to be a Bronco for life. Let's find a way to make that happen. And if they go edge early in relatively early in the draft, I think they take that off the table, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility by any means, Zach, that Von Miller is back in 2022 and beyond that the Broncos and Miller do come to an arrangement that allows him to be a Bronco for life. If the overall roster construction goes in a way where you're getting a lot of savings at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you make a great point there, Mason. This would certainly, uh, look at Von Miller being in his final year with the Broncos. This would certainly point to right. that w- without a doubt. Uh, and uh, man, it, it this this pick would make sense for the Broncos with the understanding that Von Miller is moving on after this season. Mace, you know how Von Miller mm-hmm. is always, you know, in front of a TV recording himself when the Broncos make a draft pick and he's jumping up and down going <clears throat> crazy. Not quite sure he'd be doing that with this pick. Maybe with Patrick Sertan, he would be in the first round. I don't think he would be with this pick at all. No, I think he'd be more likely to 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 go up and down, go crazy if the Broncos go for some of the guys that that are off the board on McShay's mock immediately after. For example, Nick Bolton, the off-ball linebacker out of Mizzou at 41 right there. I think he would make a, a lot of sense. Kelvin Joseph at 43, cornerback out of Kentucky, is some is somebody that I think could also make a lot of, a lot of sense. Elijah Molden, who's a nickelback from Washington, he goes at 46 to the Patriots. And all of those are guys that make sense. If the Broncos want to start to, um, having the plan for life after Jawan James, Sam Cosme, the tackle from Texas, goes 48 to the Raiders. Jabril Cox, a linebacker, who's a good coverage linebacker, mm-hmm. goes 50 to, to Miami. And at 49, remember, there's been reports and indications of interest of the Broncos in this particular player, even though it's not a position of need. That's Rondale Moore, the wide receiver out of Purdue, who's ex- exceptionally fast. So I think all of those make some sense. And, and also – Another thing would make sense if the Broncos don't go QB round one. I can feel people shuddering at the notion of a day two quarterback. What if what if you go Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M at number 40? He goes 51 to the football team in McShay's mock. No, no ah! not okay. another. There you go. There you go. Huh? <laughs> 
<laughs> Although I am curious where uh, where McShay would end up having the Broncos take their first offensive player. Obviously, this mock only goes two rounds, so we can speculate. But uh, man, would this be the off season of defense? defense, 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 going from yes. free agency now to the draft. That that would be wild, especially, I mean, and then I, I'm curious what McShay has the Broncos doing at quarterback. I would have to imagine either it's trading their third round pick for Sam Darnold or Gardner Minshew or signing Alex Smith right when the draft is done. Yeah, I, I, I think it's actually more likely, I think, Zach, that if, if it goes like this, that the second round pick, is either part of a deal or is the deal to get Sam Darnold. Right. Yeah. And it just seems like the the more time that goes on, the more that Sam Darnold is in the Broncos vision. Yeah. I, I don't think that people want to hear this, but all roads might lead to Sam Darnold here in the next few weeks. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what? Quarterback for one more year. For one more year. Now, if Darnold works out, that price tag is going to get expensive after that. But if he works out and he plays to his potential, and if Drew Locke plays to his potential, uh, if you get one, if you get a quality starting quarterback out of that, you're happy to pay the price. It's just it's the cost of doing business. Um, yeah. And really, in that case, you'd be going for the 2019 Titans plan when they had Mariota and Tannehill. May the best man win, and they found a turned out they found a long term quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. So yeah. you yeah. would hope that if the Broncos did go for Sam Darnold, I, I think we, we would be sitting here on this podcast saying, you don't particularly care who it is. You just need one of them to hit and it would solve an awful lot of problems. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Mace. Oh yeah. The search for the quarterback instead, you pass on the quarterback in this mock and you go cornerback that would uh, that would rip a lot of Broncos fans' hearts out. I can tell. Yeah, it would. Uh, it would. Re- it would remind me of um, the 2007 draft. If you remember, that was the one where, and this is an example of, hey, sometimes the quarterback not taken is is the it's the right move. People wanted the Dolphins to take Brady Quinn. They had this draft day party down in South Florida, and. And the fans are chanting, we want Quinn, we want Quinn. And the pick is <laughs> Ted Ginn Jr. Now, Ted Ginn actually had a pretty nice career. I'm not sure if it was worth uh, a, a high first-round pick, but he had, a, he had a nice career. But uh, the fans were disappointed. And, of course, turned out Brady Quinn didn't become much. So it was a wise move by the Dolphins to not take Brady Quinn, even though their quarterback search largely you know, went on for a long time after that. But the thing I'll always remember is the then head coach of the Dolphins, Cam Cameron, he came out to address the crowd and he gets up there and with boos and jeers raining down upon him, says Ted Ginn is a Miami Dolphin. Ted Ginn and his family are going to come in and give it everything they've got. And I'm thinking like, what are there other football players in the Ginn family? I mean, wh- why do you care about what the family's going to get? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh my stars. That's just salt, salt in the wound right there. Oh yeah. But it's a reminder of how, you know, we get uh, so caught up with these quarterbacks, but not all of them hit. I mean, Cleveland was ecstatic to get Brady Quinn back in 07 and uh, by 2010, he was backing up in Denver. Although it, it would have been fascinating to see if um, 
if things had worked out in the 2011 playoffs, uh, the Broncos had a plan going through that week of practice, as John Fox has later revealed uh, when Quinn was backing up Tim Tebow to where Quinn was going to come in on passing downs, long yardage downs, <laughs> et cetera, in that playoff game against Pittsburgh. Wild. <laughs> Imagine that. I, it's crazy to think that could have happened, but that, but John Fox has said that's kind of what they were working with throughout the week that Quinn was going to come in on certain downs. That is just wild. If that, wow. I mean, talk about tipping your hand there. Holy cow. And Mace, this has been a great first segment. And speaking of great, if you're looking for great products, check out our friends over at manscaped.com and use that code DNVR over at Manscaped to get 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and you can trust them as well with 20% off using that code DNVR and start off with the perfect package 3.0 it'll give you everything you need including the fantastic lawnmower 3.0 which is their third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology it is waterproof it also has an led light so of course you can shower in the dark if you want with manscaped and you will be safe and your balls will thank you so make sure to check out our friends over at manscaped and use that code dnvr to get 20 percent off plus free shipping such a beautiful read as always, Zach, <laughs> on the on the manscaped. You, you, you. you do you do that better than I could. <laughs> part of it is I, part of it is th that there is a uh, significant part of my personality that is indeed still twelve years old. I mean, I made a, <laughs> I made a, I made a Uranus joke last night on Twitter <laughs> when uh, Nine News had tweet about X rays coming from Uranus. Oh my gosh. And I said, oh, Hey, let's, wow. it's good. You know, what is the source? Vest? I said, good question. Let's try to get to the bottom of this. Oh my gosh. There you oh, go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a 12 year old and I have dad jokes for days. One thing I'm not going to joke about with you though, is Strava craft coffee in terms of that outstanding CBD. And you know what? Whether you get it through Strava Craft Coffee or something else or some other way, you know, a gummy, you know, a, a balm, CBD can help you out. And if, you, if you're dealing with aches and pains, headaches, for example, uh, CBD has helped me with some chronic headache issues that I was having. So I, I, we love CBD-based products. You can go around the DNVR staff and find all these stories about CBD and stuff like Strava Craft Coffee has helped you out. So Strava Craft Coffee, you might be, you might already be getting it shipped to you right now. Well, what they're offering here is a subscription to Strava Craft Coffee. And what that'll do is it'll get it to you at specific intervals. You can say, I want Strava every two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, or eight weeks, and they'll get it to you on time. And guess what? If you subscribe, you get 20% off your order. So it's no fuss, no worry. You know that every few weeks, those that those K cups, the, the 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 coffee beans, whatever you want, it's gonna it's gonna come to you, and then you're gonna have it right there at home. And you know it's it's so easy. We we like getting stuff at home. I mean that's just that's where we are right now, right? In the course of this pandemic, but there's more. Strava, if you haven't ordered from Strava, you want to try it out. Well, then the code that you want to remember is DNVR25, not DNVR20. Of course, we've told you about that for a long time here on the on the podcast, but 
DNVR 25. So that 20% off discount becomes 25% off a one-time, one-time discount. So remember, if you want to try Strava Craft Coffee the first time, see if it can help you out. DNVR 25 at checkout for that magical 25% discount. If you just want to have a sip, if you're in the Denver area, come down down to the DNVR bar and try it there. Strava Cold Brew is on tap at the DNVR bar. We promise you, you will not be disappointed. Like I said, CBD-infused coffee, it's going to help with a lot of things. Joint pains, IBS, chronic headaches. Like, like I said, the CBD has helped me there. And you know, if you've got just some aches and pains, no problem. CBD will probably take care of those for you as well. And without the psychotropic effects of marijuana, it takes the stuff that you may not want from marijuana and just leaves the good stuff that'll really help you out. So make sure you try Strava Craft Coffee. You can subscribe get 20% off, or you can use that one-time code DNVR25 and get 25% off. Or come on down to the DNVR bar and have a sip of that Strava cold brew. And come on down to DNVR and join our family, whether it's in person at the bar where you can get a six or 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer, or it's all virtual. You support us by becoming a member. You support us do this podcast, and you also get so many benefits when you become a member with our family. You get access to a members-only Discord where you can talk to us. You can talk to this community. You get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but Rockies, abs, nuggets, uh, buffs, uh, rams, all of it. You get to read. You get free DNVR shirt with an annual membership of your choice. You get a chance to be on the Red Zone and our live podcast. And for this week and for the next couple hundred members, if you sign up and become an annual DNVR member, you will not only receive everything that comes with that, but you'll get a recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD, and the stick we send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. All you do is pop the top, put it in your drink, stir, and that's it. They're amazing. And you can check them out over at holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And on top of that, they're offering our listeners 30% off using the magical code DNVR30. So make sure to check them out, but then also make sure to join our family as we would really support it and appreciate it. And when you do jump in the comment section, leave us a comment so we can say hi and introduce yourself to us. And how you do that, go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, there's a podcast tab. Click on that, then click on the Broncos one. All of our podcasts will pop up. Click on the top one. That's the most recent one. Then scroll to the bottom of the page and a comment section will magically appear. If you're a member, leave your comment and we will read it on the Mm -hmm. next day's show. And of course, a reminder, we don't read comments for tomorrow. So leave your comments that you have for us on tomorrow's podcast and we'll get to those on monday and mace let's talk to the people first one coming in from that's what she said hey guys it's been a long time since i posted just wanted to pop in and say thanks for keeping the good work on the pod you've always been a welcome bit of positivity in my day regarding regardless of how the broncos have been playing just having received my first dose of the vaccine on monday i can understand the cheeriness in mace's voice in the pods after his first dose it was an overwhelming sense of relief for myself but even more so for my family who were lucky enough to get their shots too. We are getting through this and hopefully we can cheer on our orange and blue together soon. Love hearing that. Thank you so much for telling us that. He yeah, says, that's awesome. I, you know what? Um, I sorry to interject Zach, but, uh, I'm, I'm in Florida right now because my parents have been vaccinated mm-hmm. and, um, just 
talking to them and the sense of, and the sense of relief they, they felt. Uh, my dad has had some health issues and uh, he had his vaccine before my mom did. And it was my mom that actually got on uh, the websites and was going like clicking over and over trying to get time. And um, she said that when she told my dad, Hey, you've got a time that, uh, I mean, my dad's not a very emotional person. He's got the, a lot of that kind of res, that old school reserve uh, in him. And uh, like he, he broke down, he had tears in his eyes and he was and gave her like a hug and just was completely overcome by the emotion of knowing that he was going to get vaccinated and that he was going to be able to get back to, you know, some, you know, get, get back to a reasonably normal existence and wouldn't have to worry about catching this thing that would have been really that would have been incredibly bad news for him so man that's um, great that's awesome it's to hear, it's it's prof- it's profound um uh it's and you know step by step we're we're, we're getting we're getting out of this i know uh it, we're still at a point where there you know there, there are distribution issues did you hear what happened at johnson and johnson how they messed up about 15 million doses yeah, uh, this bummer. week so we're you know obviously you know there's there's still ironing out the kinks in, in this at this point, but um, it's, it's getting better day by day. It's getting better. And so that's what she said. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for you. And I'm thrilled for everybody that is uh, getting the vaccine and uh, you know getting their doses and bringing us as, as a society back to a new normal and hopefully bringing us all back together for football season this fall. It well said, Macy goes on and says, on the Broncos, I've been hoping we draft a modern dual threat quarterback for a long time. However, I have to say, after watching Mac Jones, I wouldn't mind seeing us draft him. Sign me up for accuracy and quick decision making. I want to call my shot now and say that he is going to do well in the league. Although I concede that I may be totally wrong and can end up eating crow in the end. As long as we don't pick up foals, I'll be optimistic. Thanks again. Oh, (laughs) man, what a great comment. I love the love for Mac. Yeah, love that. Love that comment. And um, I'll say this. uh, when I mentioned on Twitter yesterday that I did the um, the media mock draft with the ESPN radio affiliate in in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, upstate South Carolina, and uh, I picked Mac Jones, and uh, the the host you know, said that I, I threw a curveball and I kind of explained why Mac Jones was going to be the call and how I thought if it broke down this way that there's a decent chance the Broncos would uh, would make a trade down if things happen at that way someone responded by saying oh you want the broncos to get kyle orton i'm like no 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 max not kyle orton okay (laughs) for one thing they're different personalities i mean as we know kyle orton there's a guy who um wasn't always as engaged as you'd like uh and uh certainly a, a personality that didn't lend itself to leadership well mac jones has that leader type of personality. Like, look, look, look how, look how his guys talk about him. And, you know, and in the, when the uncomfortable questions are asked to guys like Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith about, Oh, two or Mac, two or Mac. And they're, they're, t- you know, that's one where you think, okay, they just want to stay away from that, but they like Mac so much that they choose to talk up Mac. Yeah. What does exactly. that say? Yeah. It's really I get a little high pitch thinking about it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I, I would, I would be okay with McCorkle 
being uh, a Bronco. I love would love McCorkle, Michael McCorkle. Bring him to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, yeah. Let's just kind of get in and if Mac Jones somehow becomes a Bronco, then I think we lean into McCorkle. Oh, we'll have a McCorkle shirt. We'll have a McCorkle brand. You know it. Oh well, I think McCorkle cork. You pop the cork. And what do you, you know, when are you popping the cork when you win Super Bowls? Yeah. You're popping the cork. <laughs> exactly. On, yeah. Maybe like McCorkle with like cork in all caps and, you, <laughs> you know, a champagne popping and, uh, and confetti falling and all that. Maybe that's the dream, right? And he's no stranger to winning uh, championships. Yeah. He's a, he's a winner. Corkle's a winner. No doubt. With a name like McCorkle, you gotta be a winner. <laughs> yes, you do. Zach for Mac. Let's go. All right. Count Locula says, what's something that your partner really loves that you don't, but go along with to keep the peace. Love the count. Ooh, great question here. <laughs> Some people call me the space cowboy response says talking, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, Mace, I I'm going to take this a little different direction because mm -hmm. uh, we get along really well. And one thing she doesn't like is watching movies. So I've, I've taken a hit there and I haven't, haven't been able to watch very many movies since we've been, been together, even though I love movies. So that that's one thing that I've given up in this relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's funny. Like some people call me the space cowboy talking. Um, I, I, I am more comfortable with silence and, and kind of, and peace and quiet than, at home at home than most people um there are even moments where i just kind of want to empty my mind and if you if you ever saw on seinfeld when david putty was sitting on the couch just blankly staring off into space and then the phone rings and he just picks it up right away yeah it's putty um <laughs> i don't mind doing that when i'm at home just kind of sitting there and just kind of emptying my mind and just you know turning down the noise and everything but uh yeah that's I like, I like, I like things very quiet. In fact, actually, when I'm not doing the podcast and I'm working at home, a lot of times I have like the TV on mute. You don't hear a thing in the house. I guess like, I like to be quiet, but you know, my wife is a little more social and that's okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, I would say that my girlfriend, if you, if you can believe it or not, is yeah. more social than I am, even though I talk for what an hour and a half straight every day. Oh, I know. Well, that's the thing. What I find Zach, is between this and doing radio i'm talked out and i'm like and so once everything is done i don't necessarily want to have a long conversation i just kind of want to just relax a little bit but <laughs> that's the nature of the that's the nature of the business right i mean we're we're in a kind of a social business right yes, yes. we are we yeah. certainly are mike that's 1809 sorry so you want you want to read it or you want me to take it you got it. Okay. Mike 1809 says, any inside scoop that you guys have on the Deshaun Watson situation? At first, I thought this situation was simply the result of a publicity-seeking attorney trying to create a stir. Now I'm not so sure. Whatever the true situation is, it sucks. I feel awful for the women if Deshaun really is a dirtbag. I feel awful for Deshaun if he's just being targeted as a high-profile target. In any event, what once was the all-roads lead to Deshaun Watson train seems to be appropriately de derailed for the foreseeable future. I agree. That's... Basically, we've put that on ice, and I think that's where it needs to stay for now. Not to be a bummer of a comment, just curious if you guys have any inside scoop beyond whatever is hitting the headlines every other day. 
No, it's it's a very fair comment. Uh, you don't have to apologize for it, Mike. Eighteen oh nine. And in all honesty, I don't think anyone really knows what's going on right now. Uh, so there's some more information coming out yesterday where you know Deshaun's uh, lawyer has reached out to I think eighteen masseuses that say he never acted inappropriately, and now um, the prosecuting attorney, I guess uh, the people representing the women is saying that they're not going to release evidence to to the Houston police. It's very messy right now. And, and mm-hmm. we don't know um, other than what to over 20 women have now accused him of, of misconduct. Yeah. And then, of course, yesterday we had the 18 women that came out in support of him. But there, there's something just and I know this isn't like we're not convicting him based on this. But who has 39 massage therapists in five years? It's bizarre. That's weird. That is just uh, who has thir- like who has 39 of anything in that short time? That's like a, a service. I mean, m- maybe you have 39 people cut your hair if you don't have a specific person. Even that may be hard in a five year span. <laughs> right. Because inevitably, if you go back to the same barbershop or the same, the same salon, you're going to get the same person a few times. Um, yeah, I, it's it's very bizarre, Maze, and I think it's a good point. And something that I just can't ignore right now is, yes, 18 women yesterday did come out and say that that he's mm-hmm. never done anything. But there's also 20 women right. that have said that he's acted inappropriately. That's it's hard to ignore right now. And again, innocent until proven guilty. We'll let it all play out. That's why we're not convicting him now. But that that's right. something that I can't get over right now. But but yeah, it's amazing how all this went on ice. And frankly, Zach, I think it's a reason why the Niners trade up to number three, because I believe they they, they had Deshaun Watson in their sights. There were reports of that. And I think that was completely legit. Yeah. And with no resolution on the horizon, it was wise to go in another direction. It was exactly. And oh, by the way, chiming in says, while a first round quarterback will be exciting, I'm still leaning toward giving Drew one more season. I think a little bit of continuity would really let us see who he is as a player. Do you think there's a situation where next season Drew plays well enough to show he's the guy, but the team, but the team decides to move on from Pat Shermer. It seems that their respective futures with the Broncos are dependent on each other. I would agree with that. that I think they are tied together. And if, if Shermer is being let go, it's because not enough progress was made uh, with Drew Locke and how things went. Yeah. Which may mean the entire staff is going to. And um, yeah, they, they need each other right now because if, if Shermer is going, then almost certainly Locke is going and, and there's actually a decent chance that even Vic Fangio is gone too. Mm-hmm. That it, it's real that, that scenario, I think it is a mashing of the reset button. And right down to where you look at the, the guys whose contracts are expiring on the defensive side, and uh, maybe not like you know Bradley Chubb because I think he's going to have the fifth-year option, it would appear. But you start looking at, say, Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson and Von Miller, Alexander Johnson, Josie Gouling, you're like, man, are any of these guys back? Because it could be a hard reset. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yep. But what I was told and what it appears true is George Payton's really going to take a step back this year, watch how things unfold. And yes. then he could really do his work next year. And it's it's a good point that it goes beyond just a couple of cornerbacks and potentially Vic and quarterback. It could be all of these guys. And that's why the initial scouting reports the Broncos have 
on Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, etc. Those are import, as important as the scouting reports that they have on this year's quarterbacks because if they are if if there are multiple quarterbacks next year they like they can sit there and focus on accumulating capital and have an eye to 22 mm-hmm. and getting the quarterback then if Drew Lock doesn't pan out yeah, it's a good point. Next one from Casper. Fellas, we talk about the reward that comes with trading up and getting a top quarterback, but that also comes with risk. If Broncos country is miserable now, how is it going to be if the guy's a dud? Paxton Lynch is still casting a shadow on the team, and they only gave up a third to move up five spots. What kind of damage will be done if they give up two future ones? How say you? <laughs> It'll be dark, dark mm-hmm. days. It'll be dark, dark days, but you know what? As we're seeing, the cost of getting a, a quarterback, especially high in the first round, is steep. And unfor- that's, that's the nature of the game in 2021, that you want to get one of these guys, you're going to have to be bold, and you're going to you're gonna have to take a risk. And you know, risk is part of the game for George Payton to sit in that chair being the guy that makes the decisions. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to take a risk, like you said. Or... If Justin Fields is there at nine, you just take him, oh, and then you're not gambling the future at all. I think, and exactly, if if the draft fell the way Todd McShay has it, Fields has got to be the pick, and then you have Fields and Locke, and if Locke does what Drew Brees did back in 04 and 05 when Phillip Rivers was breathing down his neck and does well, Maybe you trade Justin Fields and instead of doing what the Chargers did to kind of to roll with Rivers and let Breeze go, maybe you ride Drew Lock. Maybe he is the guy and you trade the surplus. Don't be afraid of thinking in terms of trading the surplus. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I totally agree. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey guys, so we know that Jerry can't catch, right? Ouch. What do you th- what do y'all think about having him switch positions to corner instead? I feel like it makes a lot of sense and would save the Broncos from using a pick on corner this year. Ouch, Dan Berg, that's a shot. And Orange Bronco UK says, "Is this Colin Coward?" <laughs> well, I read that comment from Dan Burke and I looked at the date stamp. It said March thirty first, twenty twenty one. I'm thinking, wow, maybe you should say that for April the first because that feels like an <laughs> April right. Fool's comment. It does. Yes. Oh. oh man, yeah, that would be a uh, Brandon Langley switch right yeah. there. Except it'd be even worse because it'd be a first round pick. We're a ways away from that. I mean, let's let's just look back at another first round position switch in Bronco history, and it was instead of receiver to corner, it was corner to receiver. And that was something that Mike Shanahan tried in 03 with Delpha O'Neill, who had been the first round pick in 2000. It took so it took until year four before Mike got so exasperated that he made that switch. And it really was kind of a last ditch thing. And then Delpha O'Neill in the offseason was traded to Cincinnati and went back to being a cornerback. But I don't think we're at the last ditch position switch thing with Jerry Judy, not by a long shot. He's going to do well. He's going to, the easiest prediction I can make for this year, Zach, is that Jerry Judy substantially cuts his drop rate. Yeah. And I think that'll certainly happen. And just in case this wasn't a joke, Dan Burke, I will definitively say no, Jerry Judy is not moving to cornerback. <laughs> but exactly. I like the humor if it's if it was humorous, which I think it is coming. From yeah, like Dan. hey, good one, Dan. Good, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. got April us there. <laughs> Wyo Bronco, hey gents, long time no comment. 
I just want to give a shout out to you guys and my best friend and best man, Sheriff Pikey, for the shout out on my engagement from yesterday's pod. Hey, congratulations. I'm feeling incredibly grateful and blessed that she said yes and for the well wishes from the DMVR crew. No questions today. Just a big thank you. Keep up the awesome coverage. And as always, go Broncos. Cheers. Oh, cheers to you as well, Wild Bronco and Sheriff Pikey. What an awesome community we have where, where you guys are sharing mm-hmm. that info with us. And thanks for sharing that again yesterday, Sheriff Pikey. And congratulations, Wild Bronco. We love you. Next one coming in from Orange and Blue all over. Howdy, gents. Did you happen to catch the Ross Tucker interview with Fitz Magic? It was gold. Fitz, Fitz told the story about how he proposed to his wife at a gas station McDonald's <laughs> and had a big take on breakfast foods. I feel like we need a DNVR take on. Fitz's favorite meal to start the day is the breakfast corn dog. Basically, a sausage on a stick wrapped in a pancake. Is this the new breakfast of champions? If you had a choice between a breakfast corn dog and a Pop-Tart, which one are you reaching for? Oh, man. Well, this this is easy to me, Mace. What are you going with? Well, if the Pop-Tart is the strawberry, blueberry, or raspberry, I'm choosing the Pop-Tart. <laughs> and frosted for all of them. If the Pop-Tart is brown sugar, cinnamon, or s'mores, I'm taking the breakfast corn dog all day long. <laughs> I'm going the breakfast corn dog all day long. I mean, corn dogs themselves are delicious. You put a little breakfast flair on it. Absolutely. And th- this one will get you through the day more because you got protein. You got some carbs. Uh, it's perfect. Well, and it's not really the it's not the corn dog type of, uh, you know, uh, type of wrapping. It's 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 a pancake. So it's kind of it's sort of a. a it's sort of a twist on kind of pigs in a blanket, right? A little bit. Can't we call this like a, a p- breakfast pig in a blanket for doing sausage <laughs> yes. in a pancake? I mean, it sounds it sounds intriguing. The one the one thing that gives me skepticism is that breakfast sausage can be kind of hit or miss. I got I know it's a good breakfast sausage. That's fair. Yeah, probably coming in a corn dog style. It's probably not a great breakfast sausage, just to be fair. Uh, okay. Then, you know, <laughs> there, there's some, there, there are some that are amazing and, uh, and magnificent. And you know what else is magnificent? Um, if, uh, that quarterback, why can't I think of his name? The guy, the, the guy who, uh, started against the Browns, Brandon yes, Allen. Yes. That's that. That's who's magnificent. I can't for even think one, of his name for one day. Brandon Allen was magnificent, but what could be magnificent for you from much longer than that is if you never have to sit in a doctor's office again. You heard that right. If you hate going to the doctor like the rest of us, check out Zoom Care. The one great thing we can take away from this pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own home. And nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor for that matter. But we all need to take care of ourselves. So that's where video care from Zoom Care comes in. Take a trip to the doctor from your couch. You can see, hear, and chat with your doctor just like a traditional office visit. You can get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including, pardon me, mental health. Zoom's video care is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. So go on over to zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com to get started. There's nothing better than getting that diagnosis from your doctor by sitting in your own living room. Look, Maybe the diagnosis means you actually have to go to a doctor in person. That happens as well. But this is a good first step. If something is is ailing you right now and you're not sure about it and you just want to go consult with a doctor, this is a great way to do that. And one thing that's really cool uh, is 
that if you go on zoomcare.com, the odds are you're going to be able to find a doctor who will see you probably in the next two or three days. And, you know, sometimes you call up a traditional doctor's office and they're like, okay, well, we'll see you in a month or something like that. And then you get there and then you're left waiting. Like you, you, your appointments at two, they don't see you till three. I mean, we all hate that, right? That's the kind of nonsense that you don't experience with zoom care. You're going to, you're going to probably, you're going to see somebody sooner and you're going to see that doctor right on time. So never sit in a doctor's office again and check out zoom care. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Of course, of course, supporting our partners is supporting us. So help zoom care out. They want to see an increase in video visits from Colorado. So check out zoomcare.com and get all the details you need and take the first step to good health. And unfortunately you can't get your teeth cleaned over a zoom call, but Fortunately, we have our great friends over at Green Mountain Dental. In fact, they're pretty much like our family over at DNVR because we have so many DNVR members, whether it's people that work for DNVR or people in our community that go over to Green Mountain Dental and they come over to the DNVR bar and pretty much family members and you can join their family. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental. And when you're there, tweet at us so we know that you're going there. We know that their family is expanding. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. And again, they've been a longtime partner. They've showed us the love. So make sure to show them the love. And also you can talk sports because they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Heck, they'll even send you a personal card welcoming you to be uh, one of their new members. So make sure to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Always good stuff. And of course, Green Mountain Dental, like you said, they're going to treat you like family. And, uh, and they, they are the best, truly the best family-owned dentist in the metro area. And you know what is also good? Gabby Insurance. Because we're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. So how would you like to keep an extra $961 in your pocket? Why is that number significant? Because that is how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance, you're probably overpaying on, on those insurances. So find out how much Gabby can save you. It's free to check out and there's no obligation because you just go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. You probably deserve better. You may find out that, you know what, you've been paying too much. And Gabby literally stands for get a better insurance. Lots of members and staff at DMVR have put their policies to the test by going on gabby.com slash DMVR to find out whether they're, whether they've got the best insurance rate or whether there are others. Here's what you do. So you put your insurance information in, and then they're going to give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers nationwide. And we're talking about big names that you know, like travelers nationwide, progressive and they'll do it all in one place you take that current insurance information to get started in just minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you have and it's free to use and not only free but they're not going to take your info and spam you and, and call you and send you all these emails no 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 that is not how things work over at gabby you might find out that you've already got the best insurance possible and hey good for you if you do and you know, maybe, maybe that means, you know, you've been saving money for a long time. You'll be able to sleep well at night knowing that you've already been paying a good rate for insurance. But if not, and you find a better deal, the best way to do it is at Gabby. That's G-A-B-I.com slash D-N-V-R. 
make sure you don't forget the slash DNVR part when you go to Gabby, because then they'll know that your friends over at DNVR sent you. Gabby Insurance. Get a better insurance. That's Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com, slash DNVR. All right, let's get back into the comment section. Next one coming in from Orange Crush. Hey, guys, anyone here Colin Coward's latest mock? Selected Micah Parsons and followed it up with, quote, Denver is a bad defensive team. Um, What? The thing is with Colin Cowherd is he's an idiot. <laughs> you know what? With with Colin Coward, uh, j- just like Stephen A. Smith, just like all of those guys, they are paid to have people talk about them. So they're not paid to be right. They're paid to have you guys drop in the comment section and say, did you guys hear what Colin Coward said? So he's doing his job. He's doing his job great since we're having comments like this. Uh, Yeah, that's also not doing your homework on the Broncos. Right. And like one of the things we see from kind of the national sports general commentator is that they don't know the details like with Stephen A. Smith. He was the one who was talking about uh, Dwayne Haskins being a mobile quarterback a couple of years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, have you what? Like he's a running quarterback. Have you watched Dwayne Haskins? He's, yeah, he's a not, truck. Yeah. He's not a running quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't put too much or really any thought or worry into that. Denver is not a bad defensive team. That is Colin Coward stirring the pot. Yeah. Oh man. Alive. And then orange crush uh, says, sorry. Can I also add rumors about Aaron Rodgers and green Bay starting up again, put Rodgers on this Broncos team. Where do they finish next year? So Mace, what's swirling around Aaron Rodgers is about the contract situation and and not willing to look at his contract. Right. And not willing to kind of add some years to it down the line. And so the the thought being, all right, maybe uh, Green Bay chooses to move on from Aaron Rodgers at the uh, the first uh, palatable out, which would be next year. And then they go in the direction of Jordan Love. So it wouldn't be for this year, be for next year. But let's just say hypothetically, if, if you put Aaron Rodgers on this Bronco team, I think the floor is 11 and six. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, the floor is higher than kind of, or maybe I'd say the floor is as, as roughly as high as what I think the ceiling is for this team as currently constructed. That's a really good way to put it, Mace. And, uh, you know, I guess I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than Drew Locke. I guess I guess I can go that far. Uh, but this mm. this team is a team that's competing with the Chiefs uh, year yeah. in and and year out. Is maybe this year the Chiefs had the advantage because they have the continuity. But man, twenty twenty two this is this is something. And the, the Broncos would be in the playoffs every single year. Yeah, they would. They'd be a playoff team. They and I think it would be fair to expect. Super Bowl contention every year. And yes, I would say this. If Aaron Rodgers were a Denver Bronco in 2021, I think maybe you don't expect this, but I think it's a realistic goal that you could have the type of season the Bucs just had with Tom Brady coming down there. Oh, In other words, yeah, going all the way. Right then and there. Oh, how about that? That would be something else. Sneak in as a wild card team, go on the road for a couple of games. Man, I love it. I love it. Now it's just, uh, man, yeah, like you said, Mace, it wouldn't be for this year because that Mm -hmm. that smoke about this year has died down. But 
next year. Heck, Broncos roll with Drew. Maybe that's an option they're looking at. Now, let me ask you this, Zach, and we know how you feel about Aaron Rodgers. If the Broncos did get Aaron Rodgers, would you be the guy in the market who played the role that uh, Joe the Hitman Williams would play? Of course, he was on the Irving Joe show for so long with the great Irv Brown. And uh, he was kind of the guy who was always putting down Elway, even when Elway was flourishing. Would that be, would you, would you, Zach, Mr. Aaron Rodgers skeptic, come the current, the modern day Joe Williams? And actually, I just had a, was part of a conversation with Joe Williams a couple of days ago. He's doing great. But would you be the modern day Joe Williams? I would that happen. I would hope that Aaron Rodgers would prove me wrong because truly, what do what do I think of Aaron Rodgers? He's he's a very very good quarterback, but I just think people, you know, just just toot his horn too much. They say, oh, he's the most talented quarterback to ever play. If that's the case, then then he has disappointed. And he has disappointed with only one Super Bowl and uh, and what he's done. So that's where I am with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, the Broncos will get a great quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But can he prove me wrong when it comes to the ch- eight, the championship games and the Super Bowl? It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so I wouldn't be a Debbie Downer. Of course not. They'd be getting Aaron Rodgers. That'd be huge. I mean, it was so weird in that uh, NFC championship game. I was happy for the Bucks. And basically it meant I was happy to be wrong yeah. <laughs> because <Yep. laughs> I'm more of a Rogers guy than a Brady guy. Even though, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brady's the goat. Okay. Yeah. Just so accept I, it. And life is he easier. Is. He he's the goat. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Aaron, I, I do maintain that if you put Aaron Rogers on the Patriots oh, with Bill Belichick, man. they would have won a bunch of titles. Uh, but see, we don't, you yeah. get those d- type of conversations. Uh, I know. <laughs> Next one coming up. It's going to be a bar debate from the end of, until, until the end of time. It certainly will be, especially when Aaron only ends with one Super Bowl in his career. Not if he comes to Denver. Uh, that's true. That's true. If he comes to <laughs> if he comes to Denver, he's going to add a couple more rings on those fingers. Oh man, and I'd be so happy to be wrong about that. That's for sure. See some winning yep. football finally. Next one for Drew from quarterback. I just want to say this now. I think we can all agree Colin Coward was speaking out of his beep. If you didn't see the clip, he said Denver is a bad defensive team with a million needs on defense. Guy just makes me mad. Anyhow, do you think that Cortland Sutton's going to make this or how do you think guys like Cortland Sutton are going to come off with an ACL knowing it's the first year back isn't normally great, but I feel as if anyone can make it happen. It'd be him. Is he a sleeper for comeback player of the year? Yeah, he's going to be in the conversation for comeback player of the year. No doubt. If he does well. Um, the one thing that kind of makes you wonder about the production, it's not so much Cortland Sutton. because I think he's going to do just fine. It's uh what is the point of emphasis of the offense? Who's the quarterback? And uh, are there, is there going to be enough to go around for everybody? Right. Yeah. Mace, do you think, uh, what, what are the odds that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton can be thousand yard receivers together this year? Um, I'd say probably about that. They're both thousand yard receivers. Mm-hmm. Probably about, uh, probably about, uh, I'd give two to one odds that doesn't, that it, that it happens. 
Okay. Okay. And I'll, I'll have closer to one-to-one odds. I think it's closer to 50, 50. I think these two guys should take off, but it is, it is a good point from drew for quarterbacks saying, uh, you know, sometimes these guys do take a full year to get Mm -hmm. themselves back. So maybe you're really seeing the explosion of court and Sutton in 2022 and Mace, if the Broncos are expecting that for it to take him a year to kind of get back there. So he doesn't have as incredible of a year. Mm-hmm. Well, you sign him to a contract right after next season. You don't do a franchise tag or anything with him. But you, you buy at his lowest value if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the other thing to, to remember is it's not just court winning Jerry. You got Tim Patrick. You got Noah Fant. You got KJ Hamler. Those guys mm-hmm. are going to get the ball too. And mm-hmm. it's it's those guys as well that make me think, all right, there's a ceiling. I'm, and if we're talking about a running back, we, Melvin Gordon, I think they will make a conscious effort if he is running back one to get him the ball in the passing game. But if they pick Najee Harris, kind of like the conversation we had about Jonathan Taylor last year coming out of Wisconsin, Najee Harris is an exceptional pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, They're going to yeah. get him the ball too. That's going to take some opportunities away. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's a good point, man. Najee Harris would be exciting. VR, though, with a funny one, says, all right, go around the room and everyone say two nice things about Drew Locke. <laughs> oh, you know what? That That's actually pretty easy. Um, it is easy. Uh, he he has he has I'll say more than two things. He's got he's he's got arm talent. I mean, in terms of the of arm strength, and the ability to make off off platform float throws. He has that. Uh, he, he, he works hard. He's diligent. He puts, he puts his all into do into studying the game, studying the playbook. I know maybe the results aren't what everybody wants, but, uh, this isn't Paxton Lynch. And anytime anybody makes the Paxton Lynch comparison, I just cringe. Drew's nothing like that. Drew, Drew works his tail off. I think when we evaluate, when we evaluate Drew Locke, it's not a question of whether he puts the time and effort into it. It's, I think the question is whether he can take what he learns and then when he's out there in the heat of battle, making those decisions in the moment, does he make the right decision or does he, does he try to force it from time to time? And that's what get, what gets him in trouble is, you know, trying to force it when, when you're in the heat of the moment. And that's something that I think if he learns, he'll transform himself as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Very good points, Mace and his arm talent is really really good i mean you know you see zach wilson and justin fields displaying their arm talent with their crazy pro day throws drew lock did a very very similar one at his pro day that we've seen circulate around twitter the past couple of days drew's arm is very very good and like you said mace he's a guy that's that's putting it in you know his heart's in the right place and you love his passion you love seeing him dance you love seeing him uh you know be fiery when the crowd is yelling at him i i really like that from drew and there's a lot of things to like from drew just remember it was what two years ago that i advocated the broncos trade up in the first round to take drew so i think he has a lot of good traits but you know, Mace, I, I I'm not just going to be stubborn and not let uh, the the what we see uh, not sway me. Like if Aaron Rodgers goes out and win, wins a couple Super Bowls, well, then I'm going to change my opinion um, because right now. I think I'm right on my stance on Aaron Rodgers. If he proves me wrong, then of course I'm going to change my opinion. I'm not going to be stubborn. And just like Drew, if he comes out and gets an opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos this year and balls out, then of course we're going to be all about Drew. But we haven't seen that, Mace. We 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 haven't seen that more times than not. Drew has not balled out. And so we we need to see if he can respond and if the Broncos are going to even give him that chance. 
Yeah, very good. Very, very good points. Um, Sebastian Herbe. My boys. Hope you guys have a, had a wonderful Wednesday. A few things here today. First, I say an emphatic yes to bring the ladies onto the pod. I don't remember who suggested this in the comments, but I think it's a great idea. And I think, uh, honestly, Zach, I feel like that's one of the things I liked about Three Ring Circus when we started up was getting some real, some outstanding female reporters on to join us, like Nikki Javala, like Lindsay Jones. Look forward to having more of them on in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. And of course, Mace, this is talking about our ladies. Yes. Your wife, my girlfriend, um, Ryan's girlfriend, having them on to, uh, just, to okay. talk about us a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was suggested that. in a comment yesterday. Um, how about, you know, I, I, my, my wife's not really, doesn't really want to come on like that, but, uh, maybe we find a way we get my daughter on a little bit more. Oh, okay. Um, I like it because she, you know, Charlotte, she can be shy, but sometimes she's not going to be shy. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, maybe we, we find a way to get her on. And certainly, I, I mean, Allie's a superstar behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. And, uh, but Zach, what about your better half? Do you, uh, you know, you she, can get her on for a little bit. I, I proposed this to her yesterday and she was all about it, wanting to uh, to give some details about me. Oh. So Mesa, we, we think it may be a fun three ring circus one day. Oh, my gosh, that'd be that would be absolutely wild. <laughs> yes, it would. Second, did you, any of you see Colin Cowherd's comments about the Broncos defense, how they have a, quote, bad defense, unquote, a million things to fix? Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but it seems like he simply does not know anything about the Broncos defense, right? Along with all weapons we have, we have one of if not the best defensive minds in the entire NFL. It just seemed kind of ludicrous to me that he said that. I mean, one of your thoughts, well, you probably like what we said earlier, because I think we're all flabbergasted that uh, Colin Cowherd would say just a thing or maybe we're not flabbergasted i just i expect honestly i expect garbage whenever con cowherd opens his mouth at this point. <laughs> there so. you go and that's what we got yesterday yes. from him yeah finally wanted to give you guys a scenario say the broncos have this exact team draft kyle pitts and get the peyton manning of 2013 as quarterback do you pick us to win the super bowl we have to at least make the conference championship against the chiefs right I'm picking us to win the Super Bowl. Well, that could be my bias showing. Just wanted to daydream about the Broncos and the Super Bowl with you guys for a second. I have a terrific Tuesday, and I can't wait for the three-ring circus pod on Friday. Much love, Sebastian. Well, you know what? <laughs> this exact team, you draft Kyle Pitts. Let's throw Aaron Rodgers in there. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And, uh, Mace, you don't even have to give me Kyle Pitts. If you're giving me Peyton Manning, yeah, this team's winning the Super Bowl this year. Now, maybe they lose their offensive line and get decimated by injuries. They're still making the Super Bowl, but uh, they may get blown out in the Super Bowl. Hopefully not like 2013. But, yeah, this is, this is mm -hmm. definitely a Super Bowl-caliber team with Peyton Manning. And then you add a Hall of Fame talent in Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I love it even more. Holy cow, man. Sebastian, what a great way. What a great thought to have today that that is outstanding bronchology in regards to tight end duos the word you're looking for is prolific let's get the pits give Locke another year if he cannot succeed with these weapons in this defense run him out of town go Broncos <laughs> there you go you're giving him one more shot <laughs> and then you're ready to run him out of town <laughs> and I yeah, think some but, people are already hmm. there where where they're ready to move on from Drew because they've seen you know two years or a collective one year from him and some people do say you want to give him another year if if Justin Fields falls to you at nine mace I've seen enough from Drew to know that I like Justin Fields more however mm -hmm. <sighs> You know, 
you're going to bring in competition. And like we've said, I think that competition is going to be in the form of trading for a quarterback. And I would rather have it be Gardner Minshew than Sam Darnold. But speaking of Sam Darnold, I'd rather have it be Sam Darnold than Nick Foles. Yes. I think we can all agree. We don't want Nick Foles (laughs) to be the guy. Sam Darnold. Yes. There's, there's the talent Gardner Minshew. Very intriguing, and Minshew being a low turnover quarterback, even as a young guy, might be a real good fit with what you're building on the defensive side. Yeah. But Nick Fo- Alex Smith, another low turnover guy historically who could, uh, you know, be a, a good mentor. But just Nick Foles, I mean, that doesn't excite me at all. No, it doesn't. Probably not anyone. Next one Nick, from Mark. Nick, Fole, Nick Foles is like going to under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, oh, being excited about what gifts await you. And then you open up the boxes and you get tube socks and tidy whities <laughs> You're exactly right. A bunch of coal. Next one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, we finish up the NFC East with the Washington football team. The two have had an incredibly competitive history. The series is tied all time at seven apiece. RK recently argued the second best trade in franchise history was between these teams. Bailey and Portis trade. Washington, of course, has the one that truly counts, riding a backup quarterback, Jettison, from the Bucks, Doug Williams, to hand Denver one of those Super Bowl losses we all want to forget about. But in 1986, Elway Elway and Schroeder dueled at mile high. Trader. Or Schrader, yes, dueled at mile high. An early missed extra point put the now Washington football team at a point disadvantage that didn't seem to matter until the very end. What Elway did in the air, Washington responded by pounding the rock. Washington took an early 13-0 lead, blew it, then clawed all the way back to 29-31 inside the two-minute warning. Inexplicably, Washington decided to kick a single extra point rather than gamble to tie the game. The kick was good, and Denver wins 31-30. to This is my nominee for the best game against the Washington football team. How say you? What about Mace's Bucks? What was the best game against the NFC East? All right. Well, first of all, Washington went for one there because they had to. You didn't have the two-point conversion in the NFL until 1994. So they had no choice. And uh, I remember that game well. It was a Saturday game in December 1986. I was 10 years old. And uh, it was Max Zendejas was the Washington kicker. Max Zendejas missed an extra point. He missed two field goal attempts. And it, it was so bad that, uh, by the t- by that Joe Gibbs in the second half, in terms of field goals, gave up on Max Zendejas. There was a 48-yard kick that, was within Zendejas's range and Gibbs sent out his punter, Steve Cox, who was also their kickoff specialist to try the 48 yard field goal. And Cox was a straight on kicker, old Tobash. He knocked it through. So Max Zendejas never kicked for Washington again. He was cut right after that. The other thing I remember about Zendejas is my mom, bless her. She has a habit of having some uh, malaprops and bad pronunciations. Um, <laughs> Then like Dejas with my mom became Hagendas. Oh wow, I like that one. Here comes she'd be saying in her British accent, she'd say, "Here comes Hagendas for a kick." Uh-huh. And I think the fact that Zendejas struggled mightily 
in replacing Mark Mosley that year. And we were in Virginia at the time. And so at that point, the family was still all in on uh, Washington. The fact that Zendejas was struggling was uh, uh, kind of was another reason why my mom was so frustrated. And I think that, that she became she was so she would intentionally mispronounce the name at that point because she did not like <laughs> nothing personal. She just didn't like Max and Dejas, the kicker, that's the great. kicker. But that's yeah, great. that was a great game. That was a fun game. And, you know, Jay Schrader, that's a name that brings back a lot of memories because early in his career, he looked like he was going to be a, a stud. And it fell apart for him so fast. And I, and I would say this, uh, you can have all the arm talent in the world. But if you're not emotionally strong and resolute, if you're not a good leader, it's going to doom you. And those are the things that kind of doomed Jay Schrader as a viable quarterback. He had some good years. He went to the Raiders, got them to, the, to an AFC championship game, and they lost 51-3. to But there was a level that Jay Schrader was never going to get past, even though he had a big arm. He was a converted baseball player, all sorts of talent. But, yeah, that game on the positive side, that's one. There was a Monday night game in 1980 against Washington. The Broncos won uh, that, that, that jumps out. And also, I think you have to mention the 1989 Monday night football game. And it may have been probably right up there with the hold in the playoff game against Houston in January of 92. May have been Gary Kubiak's finest hour. John Elway got food poisoning on that trip. He went to a meal at the White House and they served chip beef on toast and those of you in the military may know chip beef on toast by a profane name that we can't say on the podcast bleep on a shingle <laughs> wow and elway got sick and Monday night football comes he can't play gary kubiak has to come in game at rfk stadium in many ways the east coast mile high in terms of the 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 noise from the crowd and the intensity of the fans and even the, the waiting list that uh, used to exist for Washington season tickets. And Kubiak plays a, a workmanlike game, but with a 14-10 lead and the Broncos needing one first down to clinch it, Coops takes off, scrambles for the first down, wins the game. That night was, I'd say, Gary Kubiak's finest hour. Broncos win 14-10 on Monday Night Football in 89. So, yeah, we got that's some good choices. Also, Rod Smith's first big catch, Zach, 1995. Last play of the game, Broncos in Washington, tied at 31. And Elway goes back. He cranks it downfield toward the south stands. And Rod Smith comes down with it. That was the game that launched Rod Smith into the brilliant career that he would have. So there was so that's another game that jumps out. A lot of, a lot of good memories for the Broncos against Washington over the years. And of course, uh, dismantling Washington back in 2013 when Mike Shanahan brought his team in. And it was right there when Peyton Manning was flourishing and Washington was demolished by the Broncos on that mile high Sunday. So that th those are the games that jump out, Zach. And as for Bucks, Washington, it's an easy choice for me. It's the 1999 divisional playoff. Bucks come back for a 14-13 win. Sean King with a touchdown pass. John Lynch had an interception in that game hey. off of uh, Brad off of Brad Johnson, a, a future teammate uh, of John Lynch's in Tampa Bay. And uh, the game, the, the, the Bucks hold on for the win when there's a bad snap by the late Dan Turk, and it sends a field goal attempt to Rye. And that was it. And uh, 
very tragically, that was the last snap that Dan Turk had because he passed away from cancer about uh, 11 months later. Um, wow. a, a very sad way for him to end his career, but uh, it was a, it was a great game. Bucks won 14, 13. That'll always be the one that stands out to me. How about that? Yeah, that, that, that's a great rundown, Mace. Mm-hmm. A great path down history. There we go. Next one from Bronco, U, Bron- Orange Bronco UK. Good morning from the UK. Gents, am I missing something? How on earth does Colin Coward still get any airtime? Denver has a million defensive needs, and we are an awful defensive team, according to Coward. You have to question if he just craves more attention than the Kardashians or whether he even watches football. Stay, stay, stay safe, fellas, and thanks for all you do. Well, Bronco, Orange Bronco UK, you're talking about him, so that's why he still gets airtime. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we mention him means that FS1 and Colin Cowherd won. Mason, how many, how many times have we heard his name in comments? Four different times, I think, so far? Maybe three? That's that's yeah. Colin Cowherd and, and FS1 winning right there. Yeah, although even by his standards, this was exceptionally stupid. <laughs> it really was. It was a bad one. But it got oh. even more attention from the Broncos. <laughs> the oh, Broncos yeah, fans. it did. <laughs> exactly. Hip, hip, uray. Greetings, gents. Doing some pondering here recently about the draft and had a couple of questions. These might be a Mace thing, but if RK or Zach knows, awesome. Has there ever been a player drafted by one team earlier in the draft? And then a trade for that exact same player from a team happened later in the draft. I feel like the scenario is more common in the NBA draft. You're right. It is. And the NBA has a long history of guys putting on the cap of one team (laughs) and then getting traded. I think probably the most famous one is Kobe Bryant wearing the Charlotte Hornets cap the night he was drafted, Mm -hmm. 1996. And then he's a Laker right after that. That memory kind of haunts Charlotte Hornets fans to to this day that for a brief moment they had Kobe. But I I digress. The one that jumps out there, Zach, is, of course, 04, when Eli Manning is drafted by the San Diego Chargers, looked very unhappy to be holding up that (laughs) navy blue and gold Charger jersey. And then it works out. There's a trade, and Eli becomes a giant. Philip Rivers becomes a charger. Yep. But other than that, you don't really see it. You're absolutely right, Hip Hip. You Ray. Mm-hmm. That is more of a basketball thing. It is. And the trades tend to happen before the pick in the in the NFL. Your Hip Hip Ray goes on. Another interesting question: Has there ever been a blockbuster trade for a player for a pick happen on night one of the draft? Like, for instance, we trade Von Miller straight up for the 25th overall pick. Or something like that. Thanks for all you do. Go Iceman, Zach, RK, and of course, the Broncos. You know, on night one, I great really... questions. It's a great question. There was, no, I, I, there was none that kind of popped in, in my mind. I do remember going into day two of the draft. I believe it was in 02. And Buffalo and the Patriots, yes, an, an intra-divisional trade here, Ooh. make a deal that sends Drew Bledsoe who was the surplus quarterback in New England after Tom Brady emerged. Bledsoe goes to the Bills for, I believe, a future first-round pick. Mm, That's pretty good. Yeah, and of course, just a little bit off the criteria, but that's maybe as close as we get. Mace, I love it. 
Next one coming in from Butch Cassidy. Fellas, you had me licking my chops thinking about the two tight end set yesterday. The best part about having two dominant tight ends is you can move them around, start them on the line, motion them to the slot, bring them in the backfield. I want to see a full house set. Drew is a dancer. Let's get him some motion out there. There were Browns games last year where they mentioned 90% of their offensive, or there were Browns games last year where they motioned 90% of their offensive plays. Maybe I'm a dreamer, but I think if this offense was run like the Browns, it would bring out what Drew does well. All to say, I don't think it hurts to have too much of a good thing because it builds a team's identity, which is what we lack. Wouldn't mind seeing us draft a corner at nine and being the team, the fiercest lockdown corner rotation in the league. At least we would be known for something. I guess that means you really like the Todd McShay mock draft. <laughs> it must. Yes, absolutely. Stick with Drew for another year. Don't go Justin Fields and get a corner at nine. Although Butch Cassidy, I'm curious what you would say if I said very good chance you trade down and still get a cornerback, although it won't be the number one cornerback, but you'll still get a top three cornerback. Would you do that? Yeah. And I mean, I'd rather do that and get the extra draft capital, but that's just me. So, well, me as well. Like we talked about. <laughs> yeah. LDJ. Hey guys. I love you, but come on with the Kyle Pitts thing. I don't know. I just subscribe to a different philosophy. I don't give a damn where you were drafted at if you can play. I'm not taking Kyle Pitts when Albert O has yet to get a real opportunity. I just feel like there's so many things that involve team building that you guys are ignoring in fascination with Kyle Pitts. That is a dependent position. If your quarterback isn't good or if the O-line can't block, it does not matter how good Pitts is because the offense will suck and his skills will never come to fruition. I mean, Jerry Judy was our unicorn last year. We never thought Jerry Judy would make it to us at 15. We thought we were going to have to trade up. We were hoping for rugs or settling for Justin Jefferson and push came to shove. And we got him. Now people are skeptics of him, wondering if he can make contested catches, questioning his heart, et cetera. But people ignore the uncashable passes, the horrible timing lock had with him and horrible QB play. If you switch him and Justin Jefferson teams, their teams, what would Jefferson's season have been like here and with Judy in Minnesota? I'd love to hear you guys speak about trading down because unless QB is there at nine, I see zero reason to stay at nine. I'd rather gather picks, use those extra picks to find a quarterback to trade for in the future or select next year. I don't know. Well, I mean, Zach, I think, <laughs> and I are both on the trade down train if if things go in a certain direction, but you have to take the best guys. And I think so many times we try to, we, we try to say, okay, let's pick a specific position at this point. If you have a potential Hall of Fame talent, mm-hmm. just take him. And then yeah. you figure out the wrestler. You tell Pat Shermer, if you get Kyle Pitts, we're going too tight end here. That's going to be our base package, whether you like it or not. You find a way to make it work. And, oh, by the way, if you can't find a way to make it work, we've got a perfectly good former offensive coordinator, Mike Shula, sitting in the wings here who can do this. Yep. You're 100% right, Maze. And that's the thing is that this isn't just a good player. This is a potential Hall of Fame player. It's just like right. it's just like Quentin Nelson. It, 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 do you want to draft a guard in the top five? Ideally, no, of course not. But a Hall of Fame type player right there, that is so hard to pass up. And so where I think that, that you strayed from what Mace and I are saying, LDJ, is that we're taking quarterback if it's there. We're not taking Kyle Pitts. Let's say Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts are there. Me, personally, at least, 
I'm taking quarterback. I'm taking Justin Fields because you're right. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. But let's say all five quarterbacks are gone and you're left with Kyle Pitts, a trade down. Man, that's going to be hard to pass up on a Hall of Fame type of player. So I know you didn't like yesterday's pod, but I think you like today's pod first segment, LDJ, because we did talk about a lot about trading down and building your team that way. Exactly. And so a little something for everybody, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and man, this has been an absolute blast. I've loved it, Mason. Before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver, one more time, because they are the new urban online university and have been doing it for many years because learning outcomes, because they have learning outcomes that are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but at MSU Denver, they deliver that. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They are the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Online or on campus, it doesn't matter. It's all the same to them over at MSU Denver. Their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person, which means you can get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online. Mace, what a blast it's been today. Thank you for rolling with me. Thank you all so much for rolling with me. We'll be back with the Three Ring Circus with our special guest Troy Rank tomorrow at 10 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. on YouTube. So make sure to tune in, drop us a comment, say hello, and thank you all so much for rolling with us today. We will talk to you tomorrow. You roll out the truck and took a country drive. Now